if we can uh, share it, if we can introduce the concept of canel bulle or the concept of uh, wearing socks uh, inside uh, and uh, being less formal and being more open and uh, hugging more, if we can introduce it to more people, the, the life would be better, I think, so why not? Hi and welcome to Alumni Stories. Today's episode is partly recorded in a cramped office space in central Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. Over 50 Swedish Institute alumni have gathered here tonight, together with their friends, children and partners, to celebrate a specific Swedish cultural tradition. Uh, hi everybody, uh, we are thrilled to welcome you here for the Kanelbullen's dog. <laughs> Um, and it's amazing that uh, so many of you uh, managed to come. People have taken the night off to celebrate the Swedish Kanelbullens dog, the Cinnamon Bun Day. We should wait for about like 30 minutes and, and then I believe we can form small cinnamon buns. Most buns weren't ready until 10 p.m. But people kept themselves busy in other ways. In this episode of Alumni Stories, the podcast highlighting the life stories and achievements of Swedish Institute alumni, we get to meet three Ukrainian SI alumni, all working in their different ways to improve Ukrainian and global society. First up is Oleg Shimansky, who has a master's degree in entrepreneurship from Lund University. Today, he's the deputy director of EDGE, a technical assistance project funded by Canada. In plain terms, that means that uh, we are a project dedicated to building the capacity of uh, the government of Ukraine. And that means that once the government of Ukraine uh, wants to uh, introduce certain reforms, let's say um, create a a digital uh, database of patients and doctors, and the government understands that there's no immediate capacity to do this uh, because that it requires a lot of resources, a lot of extra expertise coming from abroad. That's where we come in with the funds uh, that we have available, and we provide these extra hands, uh, sometimes local staff, sometimes international experts, um, to uh, to fund these uh, extra this extra effort. It's clear that Oleg really cares about reform. This is a video of him produced by Edge, where he describes himself as a reformer with a special interest in communication that makes ordinary people understand and engage in politics. He shows me around the organization's office. The walls are full of posters of Ukrainian politicians and civil servants. It's a part of a campaign to reshape the public image of those working in government. Um, so this is the campaign that uh, my, uh, my organization is running, our project. Uh, it's about showcasing 
the younger generation of reformers that are coming to government, mostly from the private sector or NGOs, uh, that see that there's an opening there, that uh, it's their chance to do something. And um, we also want to show general population and wider public that uh, these are not some, some people from the ivory tower. They're exactly like you are, you know. Oleg is a busy man, so I had to meet him twice. This is when he had a minute off from organizing the cinnamon bun celebration. Back in the days, just before Oleg moved to Sweden, he had already studied politics abroad in the Netherlands and interned with the UN in Indonesia. The year was 2013 and he was set to return to Ukraine and join the public sector when things went the way he didn't expect. Ukraine was going through this uh very um, rather hard times with our former president uh, Yanukovych that was trying to accumulate power and uh, the civil society was very unhappy with a lot of corrupt practices and everything and uh, well the the problem was that civil society was not able to uh, to approach government in any way. They were not incorporated in any decision-making uh, as in, in any civil society would be. Um, so arriving back to Ukraine and sort of trying to um, communicate with a few people that were here and see uh, any openings, I realized that there is no way I could work in the government sector, especially under the leadership of the past president that was uh, leaning towards uh, a rather, uh, you know, corrupt government. And I just thought it okay. Um, if I can't do this in a, if I can't help change my country in a, in the government sector, there's only private sector to go. Instead, Oleg decided to apply for a program in entrepreneurship at Lund University. He tells me he had a great time in Sweden. But then in late 2013, and especially in the first months of 2014, things started to turn violent in Ukraine. An increasing number of Ukrainian citizens had been protesting President Viktor Yanukovych's decision not to sign an association agreement with the EU. But although the president's decision not to sign the agreement might have been the trigger, the protesters were fed up with pervasive corruption affecting all levels of society. Oleg was following the developments in his home city from Lund. Being away and not being able to participate and uh, not being able to communicate e easily with your friends that are there, that's what makes it harder. It was also much harder to study because Things here were happening so quick that you know all the all all the Ukrainians in uh, in Sweden, I guess, or in especially in Lund, were uh, plugged into their uh, TVs or YouTube uh, channels where everybody was watching live streams and uh, and news. And uh, of course, you know your mind was was much more on the events in uh, in back in Ukraine. In February of 2014, several protesters were killed in clashes with the special police, Berkut. On that day, Oleg had a hard time focusing on his everyday life in Sweden. I just remember that you couldn't really focus, but because this, this situation was sort of developing, it was 
there was this feeling of tension in the air and uh, I think even back in Lund you could feel it that you couldn't relax you know you couldn't really relax because normally you would uh, try to follow the news and and talk to your friends uh, um, that were there uh, on the square um, you know until one or two in the morning and then you would uh, maybe wake up and check if everything was okay uh, and then you know maybe attend a lecture or whatever uh, you need to do for studies uh, yeah but uh, it was just this feeling of of appalling tragedy that you would never believe that could happen in your city like and i think that a lot of people can can under, can can really relate to that you know that you're living your normal life in 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 a 21st century where you think that certain things are not possible anymore and at some point you realize that that is happening i mean it's and it's first you're in disbelief that that is happening and then it takes some time for you to internalize it but i guess it's very difficult to to think that that happened and that cannot be turned back president viktor yanukovych eventually fled the country and new elections were held when oleg shemansky had graduated from lund university he came back to Ukraine and started working for the government, a government he now believes can deliver necessary reform. Back in his office, Oleg explains to me what it is he likes so much about being a reformer. The cool thing uh, that you get doing reforms in this or the other way is that you f there is a great sense of what you're doing. Every day I come to work and I know exactly why I'm here. And, you know, there are ups and downs and there are good days and bad days. But even on bad days, you know that you're doing this for a big purpose. And uh, it matters, actually, uh, that you can not, I wouldn't even dare to say help, but you can chip in your tiny, miny part to making somebody a little bit happier. And... Uh, that kind of motivates you a lot. Uh, zeroing in on today, uh, we're going to do the traditional Swedish um, cinnamon bun baking. And, uh, I, but apart from his job and his aim to contribute to the political reformation of Ukraine, Oleg is also the chair of the Swedish Institute Alumni Network in Ukraine. Apart from organizing PR events at local universities, informing and advising Ukrainian students of how to apply to Swedish universities. The alumni network also organizes Swedish language cafe, book clubs and cultural events. And I ask Oleg why cultural and social events are so important to the network. I think one of the most beautiful and exciting things I, I do while traveling abroad, and that mostly happens when you live abroad, is seeing your own culture from a different perspective. That is exactly what living abroad allows you to do, but simply living abroad doesn't cut it. Doing something like a local and studying as one, one part of it is what allows you to see things from a different perspective, you know? How do Swedish people uh, make buns? And you know, these are exactly the situation that allow you to see your own um, culture from 
a different point of view. That was Oleg Shimansky, the head of the Swedish Institute Alumni Network in Ukraine, working as the deputy director at a technical assistance project, helping the Ukrainian government to implement democratic and citizen-centered reforms. My name is Natasha Dmitrenko. I work as HR manager at Petrut Academy in uh, Ukraine. Next up is Natasha. She's on the board of the SI Alumni Network, and her daytime job is at Beetroot, a Swedish-Ukrainian tech company with her main office in Poltava in eastern Ukraine. Poltava is where Natasha is originally from. She grew up there as the only child in her family. Like so many other people growing up in Eastern Europe during the early 90s, Natasha and her family experienced a time of economic hardship. My family was quite low-income family and uh, um, I remember when, when I was in the middle classes so we had this um, as a New Year gift, uh, this uh, regular yogurt, you know, a small, like, like for kids because it was still something a bit... Um, a bit exotic and my mom bought it to me so just a yogurt or sneakers it was a big enough stuff to be a Christmas present like I didn't I didn't feel myself bad but now when I reflect on then I think that uh, there was a really big uh, big efforts of uh, my family not to, not to make me experience that something is difficult going on but I remember it was also cold was always called. <laughs> but those experiences made her think more about how to change society for the better. At university level, Natasha went on to study social work in Kiev and entered with an orphanage. Having a social impact is important to Natasha. Somehow I'm seeking of uh, um, social meaning or social impact in everything I do. So this is like a must criteria. Because I think for maybe some people think, oh, that's a nice bonus. But for me, I, I, I set this as a priority. Natasha's engagements in different projects is what brought her to Sweden for the first time. Her old high school had an exchange program with a Swedish high school from Vimmerby, the hometown of Astrid Lindgren. And Natasha was picked as a leader for the project. She remembers her first time in Sweden fondly. Oh, these uh, candles everywhere, in the daytime candles. That was really, 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 um, really cute. Also, I was surprised that um, people don't hide anything, actually. Like, all these open windows that you can see the people's life and uh, they all were so open for the contact. So they started asking and talking and... That was really strange. I never experienced anything like that in Ukraine. Like just people friendly talking to you when you're a stranger. Natasha had made many trips to Sweden through this exchange program before, a few years later, she was accepted to Gothenburg University for a master's degree and she was excited to go. Before that, the whole summer, 
I was so much excited, I couldn't believe it's happening. So I spent half of summer looking at the Google Maps when you can turn on a street view. I was just looking like, oh my God, this will be my campus and this, uh, God, this will be my entrance to the, my university building and stuff. So I was already dreaming about that. Studying communication and specifically intercultural communication also made Natasha think about why she was so excited about Sweden and why she was being overly critical of Ukraine. I was, I was one of those people who, were, who used to think that uh, it's much better in Europe. Uh, like, whatever happens in you, like, they know better. We, we are coming from Soviet Union, so we are not maybe developed enough. And there in Europe, they know better. So first of all, I realized that Sweden is not equal thing to the rest of Europe and the Europe itself is so much diverse and uh, with so many different cultures, so many different approaches to do things. So it's already not a unif- not it, it's unified, but not, you know, simplified. And this insight that Sweden and Ukraine might in fact both face similar challenges, just in different ways became even more obvious to her through her social engagement in Sweden. After graduating, Natasha stayed in Sweden. Together with some friends, she started an NGO called Nuvality, focusing on international youth programs. One of the programs her NGO arranged focused in on issues relevant to both Ukraine and Sweden. We had um, a study visit from Ukrainian NGO uh, and... um, we organized um, appointments in different uh, um, in different organizations in Gothenburg that, in one way or another, they work with uh, refugees or minorities. And the topic was how how to integrate, how to arrange integration. And those who were coming from Ukraine, they were. Um, uh, children who like internally displaced children who moved from eastern Ukraine to Poltava and uh, also teachers and youth workers who work with these with these kids or who work with classes with these kids so it could be like a good practices exchange. Since the war in eastern Ukraine broke out in 2014, about 1.5 million Ukrainians have become refugees in their own country. Sweden, on the other hand, received about 160,000 refugees from mainly Syria and Afghanistan in the autumn of 2015. Although Natasha recognizes that the two situations are different in many ways, she has thought about similarities in how the two societies reacted to a huge increase in migration. Crucial thing is attitude. And um, this is the people's attitude which uh, forms their, shapes their behavior in future. if there is an attitude like we uh, ask them attitude, it is in both way harmful. Uh, either it's like Sweden and uh, and um, people from different countries, or it's Ukrainian people from different regions. Like this polarization of us and them is always um, is always a huge challenge for dialogue and understanding. After her year working with her NGO in Gothenburg. Natasha's visa expired, and she had to move back to Ukraine. She moved back to Poltava and found it hard at first to adjust to her hometown. 
to to smooth myself my adjustment like cultural adjustment a little bit i uh, decided to have this approach uh, like foreigner approach so i decided to not to use anything that i used to know or think about my country and my city before and i decided okay i'm foreigner i'm opening everything from the beginning and poltava changed greatly during these three years like there are new cafes new buildings new streets so i tried to just walk around as if i arrived first time and uh, and it turned to be okay one of the things that made the transition of moving back to ukraine smoother for natasha was her new job at the beetroot academy the educational arm of the tech firm amongst many things beetroot academy has been offering courses in web development and programming to internally displaced people, something Natasha really cares about. Natasha has also engaged herself in the SI alumni network as a way of keeping in touch with people that have similar experiences, but also to spread the elements of Swedish culture she likes to people outside of the SI community. We should not just uh, limit it to ourselves and feel in, like feeding our ego with, oh, we are so cool, we are so cool now, we studied in Sweden now, we keep in touch. Like, if we can uh, share it, if we can introduce the concept of kanelbulle or the concept of wearing socks uh, inside uh, and uh, being less formal and being more open and uh, hugging more, if we can introduce it to more people, the, the life would be better, I think, so why not? That was Natasha Dimitrenko, who has a master's degree in communication from Gothenburg University. Our next and last SI alum featured in this episode is Svetlana Pinchuk. I met her at a cafe in downtown Kiev, so apologies beforehand for the sound quality. This fan above us just wouldn't stop humming. Uh, my name is Svetlana Pinchuk and uh, I'm working as a social impact coordinator for a social entrepreneurship forum. Svetlana is a busy person, traveling a lot, keeping herself busy with work and other sorts of engagements. You said it was a busy week? <laughs> yes, it was. Um, I came from Stockholm just uh, on Sunday and then I had, um, uh, we had this Kandebulle day so there were some preparations for that. Some of my friends were having some... Uh, what keeps her most busy, though, is her job as the impact coordinator of a Swedish NGO, Social Entrepreneurship Forum, an NGO that supports and trains social entrepreneurs from all corners of the world. Her interest in social entrepreneurship began at her work as a fundraiser for a Ukrainian NGO a few years back. The NGO mainly dealt with training local journalists in mythology and fact-checking, basically training them to be more professional. While working for this organization, she noticed something. We were very, as an organization, very dependent on our donors. And, um, and I felt that, um, well, donor support is, is important and it's good, but what if donor changed their strategy? Uh, will the organization just disappear? Will it just shrink to a little tiny, um, uh, just few people working on it? And uh, I had those kind of questions and I was uh, reading a lot and uh, I found this concept about social entrepreneurship. It's been so 
like it's it's been growing in the whole world but it's a it's very popular right now in in many countries and i looked into that more uh precisely um so i decided i want to learn more about that and i found them a program in Uppsala University it's a master program in entrepreneurship but i took the the specific focus in social entrepreneurship Svetlana explains to me that social entrepreneurship is crucial in cases when both governments and NGOs fail to create necessary solutions to social challenges. To help others, you have to ensure that you can uh, you can help yourself <laughs> in basically sustaining your organization. But with social entrepreneurs, we have to remember that the main goal of them is to solve that problem it's not to gain um dividends or uh profit but without having that uh you cannot uh resolve it as uh, a problem so the more uh sustainable business model you have the more profit you have you, you can reinvest you can then scale up and and get more uh, social impact so it's all connected but it's very important to look at the reason why uh they are doing it if the core is to solve a problem then we can say uh that's a social enterprise her job now is to follow up the social impact of entrepreneurs supported by the social entrepreneurship forum here are some example of the project supported by her ngo uh habiba she's from uh northern part of nigeria uh where they have uh so many um they still have so many um, communities where access to electricity is a big problem so she's delivering solar products to those communities and empowering them with with uh, that or uh, Samuel who's working in Uganda and he is uh, working with um setting up uh, proper sanitation proper toilets uh in different uh, for different people uh who don't have uh them but looking beyond the social impact Svetlana is working for on a global scale many things have changed recently in Ukraine politically and socially like many young ukrainians that were present in kiev during the protests in 2014 Svetlana herself took active part i've never seen this much of solidarity support um honesty friendship as i've seen on maidan which which is weird because it's been a tough time and like one would think ah oh, people should be scared my could have been scared and and uh but uh, on the other way on the other side the situation when at night uh you know everyone had this um live broadcasting uh channel on and then um uh at night when uh, you know there were rumors that um police forces are going to come to Maidan and if there are only few people left on the square then it's very dangerous and then there was always a call for more people to come in this dangerous moments and then there were taxis bringing people for free just if they wanted to come at night i think for me it was really important um experience and i i felt like uh i was really glad that i could be at this time uh in my country and i could be in kiev and and host some other people in my home who were living in maidan and we could yeah that i could come i i was in a good health that <laughs> i i could contribute today 
three years later, Ukraine has signed the association agreement with EU and has implemented reforms ranging from the police, the economy, and anti-corruption. But it's moving slowly, and some are disappointed in the lack of more progress. Svetlana, though, is still optimistic. You know, it's human nature to look at the things and say, oh, this is not working, look, this is not working, we were standing there uh, for something and this is still happening. Yes, it's, it's like that, it's still happening. But what if we look on the other side? Look, we have already got, gotten this and this is a big step forward. We have got this and this. Uh, so there are good things happening, uh, but of course, like everyone would want to and, and of course myself would want to, to have in one year everything to be fixed and to be nice and to be living in an ideal world but um, uh, but I, yeah, as I've said I think I'm, uh, I'm still optimistic because um, I believe we'll, uh, we'll be there it's just a matter of time and we have to be persistent Looking beyond big politics Svetlana has no problem of answering the question of where she sees herself in the future I would want to work uh, in the field that I'm working now, um, working with social entrepreneurs, uh, and uh, I feel really happy to be able to provide support to people who are making a change, who are change agents. So I'm happy I can be part of something that can ease, make their life easier in bringing the great results they are doing. That was Svetlana Pinchuk, Impact Coordinator at the Social Entrepreneurship Forum, our last alumna featured in this episode. During the SI Network celebration of the Cinnamon Bun Day, I met so many Ukrainian SI alumni from all over the country, working different jobs, trying to change the world for the better in their own specific ways. I wanted to include more of them in this episode, but there were just too many of them. Uh, I was doing a master in architecture in email. I studied communication in uh, Gothenburg University. Uh, so in Wisbe I studied in Gotland University and I did uh, business administration. It was a one-year program. Uh, Wisbe is really cool. I liked it. I liked being on an island. The island was cool. All the people I met share a common goal of improving the world, be it through architecture, government work, or through the private sector. But they also share an affection for Sweden, and are ready to spend time to celebrate its culture and invite more people to experience it with them. You have listened to alumni stories, this time from Kiev, the capital of Ukraine.